0: Lund coast to coast, peanut butter
1: and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie do! don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of
0: three on the way,
1: bang
0: for Noah in The Erickson center erupts.
1: Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. And then there were four. No, we are not to that ultimate weekend in April. There are not four teams left. We're not talking division one. We're on the division three side. There are just four games to go in this season's U.S max Slate, We are headed down the wire. Ryan, alongside Wyatt, once more, we are recapping week six
0: of action across a league that is truly unlike any other. Wyatt, how you doing? Well done, sir. Well done. I appreciate uh, your ability to always uh, just find a way to use your words and tie things together like that. That was good. That was good. Down to four. I appreciate that. So, I'm doing well. What a weekend it was. And, you know, going back to our conversation that we had a few weeks ago as far as who's a C, who's a P, the contender, the pretenders, the picture is certainly becoming a little bit clearer now with just four games to go in the regular season. A lot to get into and certainly a lot to uh, just kind of go over. And, and, uh, you know, there's some surprises maybe from the weekend, some things we expected, but overall, just another solid slate of games that I'm excited to dive into.
1: Yeah, we talk about the February frenzy, Wyatt. I think uh, this weekend, that's maybe one word I would use to describe it, a frenzy, and a bunch of stuff that clearly I could not prognosticate. I was going to say that most people couldn't predict. Well, you you actually predicted most of it pretty well. I, on the other hand, wow. I mean, you may as well take me back to the uh, chicken coop in the backyard, Wyatt, and show me all the chickens and all the eggs oh. and start grabbing them and throw them at me because oh. it has been... <laughs> been a tough stretch for your guys, so (laughs) yeah, we'll get to that later, but uh, yeah, you should probably lead the way, because you know what you're talking about, I, I really
0: don't know what I'm talking about right now. You you need to just get back on the bike, as they say, and just continue to just grind, man. Just keep going, <laughs> keep pushing. We got we got time left for you to resurrect your uh, whether it's the fantasy on the women's side. That's that's probably too too late <laughs> at this point. I hate to say, it, but the predictions you can control that moving forward from here on out. So I don't want you to give up on me. And uh, just so I'm clear. Are you saying you want me to lead the way now? I thought you were leading the way and I was following. Are we switching it up
1: here or what's going on? I'll lead the way as far as like directing the conversation. But as far as leading the way, as far as like, all right, here's the deal with how people should actually view this conference. Your words, I think, carry more weight. When people are listening to this, they'll say, okay, I got to really... Tune in when that Wyatt guy's talking, when this other guy's talking. I mean, I can go get some food, get a beverage, walk around, kind of half listen. You know those podcasts you listen to, Wyatt, where you're like really dialed in for part of it but not all of it? Yeah, really hone in when Wyatt's talking. When I'm talking, you can half listen. That's okay.
0: You know, I don't know if anybody has ever said that about me in their life before, that they really need to listen when I start talking, but I appreciate that. So just remember something. You you had a better year last year than I did. So, I mean, it's not like you don't know what you're talking about, Ryan. I mean, you're, you're this, being a little harsh on yourself.
1: This weekend specifically is what I'm saying was tough. Well, this we weekend, I don't know <laughs> if I've ever had one worse than this. Yeah, we
0: we had a lot of games that we picked opposite on, and you know most of them went in my favor. So that's that's the tough part for you, but still good games. Where do you want to start? You want to start on the men's side or the women's side?
1: Well, when we did our preview, we started with the men's games because those ones happened first. So we're gonna keep people guessing. We're gonna flip. We're gonna go ladies first because we're trying to be gentlemen. So let's look at the. Friday night, the third slate on the woman side of things in no particular order why it both you and I expected the Yellow Jackets to start off their big weekend at home with a win, and they did it in a resounding way, a 69 to 35 win for them. Once more the Martin Luther Knights, unfortunately, without their starting guard, Lydia Fight, and this one was uh, right off the bat. The Jackets swarming all over the Knights Wyatt. 27-3 to in the opening quarter. Wowza.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they come down the first two possessions, they hit threes to get it started. And like you said, 27-3 in the quarter. But they also started this game on a 20 to nothing run. I mean, how do you come back from that if you're Martin Luther? So this was over right from the get-go. And, I mean, at this point, Ryan, as far as the Knights go the rest of the season – you know their playoff aspirations are, are out the window at this point. Uh, even if they were, you know, to win out, you finish five and nine. And I guess technically, if the two teams in front of you uh, in the, the fourth and fifth spot lose all their games, which also uh, isn't even really a possibility, you, you know, you could get tiebreakers. So they're they're done. They're eliminated from that. But th- there is still stuff to build towards for them. So they got to keep going. But yeah, this this was decided right from the get go, and a Superior showing just. Uh, when they want to be and when they play their best how good they can be so this was a dominating first quarter pretty good performance all around from the jackets and uh, katie dobson one of her best games of the season with 18.7 of nine from the field she was ultra efficient in this one and like i said just a really good game for the jackets also I rebounded them 47 to 28 so they they did whatever they wanted in this one
1: both you and I were on the right side of that one. We both took the jackets. Let's stay in the state of Wisconsin, though, Wyatt. Moving on to the second matchup we're going to look at from Friday night. Northland College Lumberjills hosting the Bethany Lutheran College Vikings. Now, you and I were saying in our last conversation, you know what? Maybe Bethany is getting a little bit of mojo right now. They're trending in the right direction. And Coach Jones's club, once again, as we head down the stretch, is starting to round into form and they're in the playoff picture, not where they were a season ago, but definitely in the conversation. Yeah, at least for Friday night Wyatt, we were totally wrong. Uh Northland not just winning 70 to 53 they won the ball game. Wyatt at halftime of this contest, they were up 38 to 17. We always say it starts and ends with Miranda Wagner. Yeah, she had a good night, 17 and 8. But how about Bailey win 26 points 15 boards and four steals. The
0: Lumberjills deliver a statement Friday night. Yeah, best weekend of the year for, for Northland by far. And Miranda Wagner, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit as far as player of the year goes. She's in the mix, I think, still just because of the fact that She's averaging over 19 points a game this year in conference. Ryan, the next closest is Lexi Hagen at 14. So I mean, that's wow. that's how that's how good Wagner has been at scoring the basketball, and uh, it, it, you just gotta appreciate that because you don't see that very often. And yeah, I mean, with Bethany, it, it, as far as it goes for them, I even texted, I think, on Friday night and said, you know, they just, I can't figure them out. They're so up. They're so down. It's they are the biggest wild card by far this season and obviously they've had some things happen throughout the course of the season that they can't really control but man it's just incredible one day you get this performance and then we'll talk about what happened Saturday in a little bit here but roller coaster you said it it is it it really is so I, I I'm not really sure What happened here to them in this game? I didn't get to watch it, but uh, not the performance they were looking for, especially with what's at stake. Because if they could have won both games this weekend, they'd be sitting securely in a playoff spot. Instead, they're tied right now for fourth because they lost this game. So Northland playing a little spoiler. uh, They were ready to go right from the get-go. Huge win there for the Lumberjills.
1: Alrighty, let's move it over to the land of 10,000 lakes, the action in the state of Minnesota on Friday night. Let's go over to the WAC, a big-time return for the North Central Rams women's squad. Why do I say a return? Well, former head coach of the Crown College Polars, Leah Zabla, now leading the way for North Central, marching in to the whack, returning to her old stopping grounds for the first time against Coach Tussler's club. Wyatt, this one kind of felt like a toss up coming in, at least I believed it was, coming into this contest where Crown was trying to get back on a win streak, returning home, North Central, feeling good about where they were at with what they had done most recently. Excuse me, they were not, my apologies. They were coming off of a lopsided loss to Northwestern. So both squads very motivated coming into this contest. I took crown. I felt like they had what it takes to come up with a victory at home, and uh, clearly Wyatt was seeing things clear with uh, that matchup as North Central not only wins in this contest, Wyatt, they take down the Polars by a 74-61 to final on the road. Leading the way for them, underclassman Bryce Brewster with maybe her best game of the season with 16 points. Super balanced effort, though, for North Central. You had... Four players in double figures. You had Joelle Telsa wyatt who I would argue is their best shooter when she's on. She only scores six points. But 11, yeah. 11 assists and nine rebounds leading the way for the Rams in a big-time road victory.
0: Yeah, one of the more bizarre hit lines we've seen this year by far from her in this game. And honestly, Crown just couldn't get stops, uh, especially early. They scored 30. North Central did in the first. They hit five threes in that quarter, so... Yeah. They were able to shoot the ball highly efficient. What do teams do sometimes when they get on the road, Ryan? You see, they they struggle maybe to shoot the ball from the outside to get into a rhythm. Well, they only hit two the rest of the game, but they had it early on. And and coming off the bench, too, and knocking down five of them, Destiny Hines, what a performance from her on the road. And this one meant a little extra, I'm sure, to North Central and to Coach Zabla to come in and get this win. Again, a lot was on the line. line. There were a lot of games this weekend that had playoff implications and standing implications. And uh, this one, no exception to that. Huge win for North Central to come on the road, shoot as well as they did in the first. Blitz them and crown just they, they couldn't recover at that point. So the game was over.
1: I know they cooled off a little bit later, Wyatt, but I think this is kind of the recipe that you're hoping for if you're Coach Zabla and her staff. And I mean, especially with Telsa only scoring six points, but she's the distributor and then so many other players, both on the block, inside and outside, stepping up. We haven't seen a ton of this throughout the season where they put up 70 plus against a quality opponent on the road. But I think this is one of the top wins of the season, best performances you can point to for North Central.
0: No, I agree 100% in a time where they really needed it, too. So massive win for them to start their weekend. And uh, as great as that was, it was not the most impressive win of the night, though, Ryan. You know what I'm saying?
1: It was not. We do have one more to get to, Wyatt, on Friday evening. Let's stay out west. Let's go to James Gremmel's court in Morris. This was the showdown that we talked about quite a bit in our preview pod. Northwestern coming into the contest was winners of their last seven games. Morris not far behind, though, winners of their last six. The Eagles 8-0 in UMAC play coming in. The Minnesota Morris Cougars were at 5-3. and three. They're trying to give the Eagles their first O. And, Wyatt, at least early, if you were a Cougar fan, you had to be really encouraged. 8 to nothing lead in the first three minutes of the game at home. Yeah. Big-time opponent in your building. They're finding a way to say, okay, we're coming out, rearing and ready to go. But how about the rest of this first quarter? What Northwestern did to take a 23-10 lead going into the first quarter break, that means they outscored them 23-2 in the final seven minutes of the opening quarter. They would be in front from there on out and end up coasting to a 71-48 victory, a big first quarter and third quarter One more time for Northwestern. I don't know what else we can say about this club, Wyatt, but again, off the bench, leading the way. Better known as Robbie to many Eagles supporters, but officially Megan McGow, 19 points and three boards, three of five from downtown, doing whatever she wanted offensively. I'll stop rambling, Alon Wyatt. How surprised were you to see this result in a game that many thought would be close down to the wire?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we both, uh, well, were we both we were both on Northwestern, correct? We both took the Eagles. Yeah, yep. I was going to say, I knew I was. I couldn't remember for sure if this is one that you picked differently. I, I thought it'd be single digits, maybe upper single digits. But, yeah, to be honest, I did not anticipate this at all. And, and if you would have told me Morris had the start they had, too, I would have said, oh, this is going to be their night. This is going to be the first loss for Northwestern in conference play. But, Ryan, after that first three minutes, Morris scored 21 points in the next 27. You know, they're, they're stuck on 29 going into the fourth quarter. You can't beat Northwestern if you're only scoring 29 points in the first 30 minutes of the game. They, they didn't even give themselves a chance in the second half to make something happen. So, Northwestern counters with a 21 to nothing run after Morris goes up 8-0. And, basically, uh, the game was, uh, you know, in Northwestern's control the rest of the way. What was the story from all of these games on Friday Night, Ryan. It was the first quarter. I feel like every yeah. single one of these games we're talking about, one of the teams jumped out to a big lead in the first quarter and never really looked back. So that's what happened here as well. Uh, I mean, Morris actually did some of the things I thought that, you know, when we were going over the the game that they needed to do when we previewed it. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they held Lexi Hagen down, you know. To, I mean, she got a double-double, and that's still holding her down. That's just the, the level of play that she's at now. But they held her to 11 points. They, they were able to turn them over. they forced 21 turnovers and Morris only turned yep. it over 16 times. but even when they did all of that, they they still struggled to score. you got to make shots and they couldn't they couldn't do that for whatever reason in this game. Northwestern deserves some credit defensively too though for that. and coming down the road and getting a huge win uh, to me, this is the kind of win that shows uh, you, you know kind of what you have said uh, before where Northwestern, uh, unless they have an off day and the team they're playing is on. I'm not so sure anybody can beat them. But the good news for all the other teams in the conference, it only takes once. And yeah. that's the bad news for Northwestern, too, is as great as this regular season has been, when you get to the conference tournament, there's no at-large bids in the UMAC. So if you're not on one night, Yet. that's all it takes for your Yet. season to come. To, and probably never. <laughs> but uh, wow! if, if, if you want to hang on to that hope, I'll keep my fingers crossed as well. I'm yeah. just looking at things. One I, day, I mean, one day, we can dream. That's like the equivalent of, like, the Horizon League or, mm. I don't know, what's, what's the division, the, the Summit, you know, with St. Thomas League. now and, okay. and North Dakota. And if they get an at-large, then the UMAC should, should be able to the get an at-large. The Colonials up there as well, Delaware. Oh, good, good teams back in the day. Yeah, the CAA. But, yeah, yep. They they know what they're doing. Uh, are they not in the Colonial? I thought they were in the Colonial. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, but, wait, wait. Uh, I think the Colonial is the is same the thing CAA? as the oh, okay. CAA. Yeah. I think it's the Colonial okay. Athletic Association. <laughs> okay, yeah. gotcha. Let's talk gotcha. more
1: about mid-major Division One basketball. Everyone's oh, enjoying there's, this. There's there's
0: some elite play, and again, <laughs> it goes back to our thing with mid-major D three basketball. The Patriot I mean, League, Umex. Lehigh,
1: with you know CJ McCollum knocking off Duke, fifteen and over best two. Upsets. One of the best upsets. We'll in NCAA never forget that history. Friday night. I mean, that Friday night nope. is like these Friday nights we see in
0: the UMAC. So now we're back to Friday night UMAC action. You see how I did that, Wyatt? We're back on track. Well, and, and you said that because there was another upset that night as well, right? That's that's what you're thinking of. The other 15 seed that one that day, or, or was that the next day? No, or it was, North North was earlier Coast that day State. that Norfolk State yeah, knocked off Missouri. It was. So, it was anyways. closer to you know.
1: More people enjoying it because it was Duke, that Lehigh one. And I'm done talking about D1 now. But yeah, congrats
0: congrats (laughs) to them for getting the win over North Carolina this weekend. Good for them. Surprise Coach K (laughs) didn't steal the show. But uh, (laughs) anyways, like I'm saying, though, with Northwestern, it it does only take once, Ryan. You you know what I mean? So as good as this regular season's been, if that right game comes around for a team in the conference tournament, they could upset them and and end their season. So I guess what I'm trying to say – is Northwestern's the best team on the women's side this year? And even if they don't win the conference tournament, I still think I'll have that opinion. Yep. But but there is other teams I think still capable of doing it if the stars align come around to the conference tournament. And I think Moore still is one of those teams. I know it didn't look like it maybe this weekend, but uh, I, I think they possess the means necessary to do it if it were to happen. Do you think somebody could knock them off, or do they look indestructible at this point in your eyes?
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, Wyatt. It's definitely possible, and that's the beauty of college basketball. I mean, we just talked about it at the highest level of upsets that you could never see coming that end up coming out of nowhere. Yeah, that's why this sport is great. That's why you and I love it, is because of the parity that extends from D1 all the way to Division three and in the league that we're talking about that truly is like, unlike excuse me, any other. So yeah, definitely on any given night, it can happen. We'll cross that bridge when we get there and we see the matchups in the conference tournament, but yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow for Morris, especially after how you started. You had to love the first three minutes if you're Coach Grove and his staff, but then from there it kind of goes on you, as you like to say, Wyatt, and offensively, not enough. Like you said, And when the Eagles are shooting 40% from the field and almost 40% from deep, that's pretty good when you compare to what they've done throughout this season. Uh, those numbers take a huge jump when we look at uh, the next matchup that they had this weekend that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I think there's a lot more to say about Northwestern and Morris from what we saw the next day in both their contests. But yeah, for as far as this one was, Wyatt, you and I said coming in, you could very well make the argument this would be the toughest game left on the schedule for Northwestern. Yes. And they passed the test with flying colors and then some. And oh, yeah, they're starting five. They're freshmen. Riverlanders Landers is in a boot. She doesn't even play, but it just doesn't matter. They're so deep. No one plays 30 minutes again. Northwestern's rolling 9-10 deep of really strong, capable players. And they're as big of a wagon as we have seen on the women's side of the UMAC since... I mean, you fill in the blank for I'm me. Not, you're no, you're, you're no, the historian. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> you can't try and set me up like that and put me on the spot. you got to try and fill it in if you're going to do that. I... It's a good question. Probably superior back in the day when they had their their dynasty rolling. What did you say? Did you say
1: 2017 when we talked about this last time was the last undefeated? 2017,
0: 2018, like that year into 2018 that spring, that was the last team that went undefeated. Yeah. And and as good as Bethany's teams were with Hannah Geisfeld, I wouldn't say that they were, you know, indestructible. I don't think Northwestern's in that territory yet either. They have to actually go do it and finish the job before we can put them there
1: for sure. I agree. So, and in the whole complexion of the conference is also significantly different in my opinion than it was last well, year yes. and two years ago. So that that is part of the conversation as well as what are the other teams you're playing up
0: against. So The the other really quick thing before we move on is I've had my doubts about Northwestern. I haven't I mean I haven't really doubted them, but if there is question marks about them, I don't really have them anymore because the biggest one was They're so balanced, is that actually a bad thing, you know, coming into a close game, let's say, down the stretch? But they kind of know who to go to now, you know, in in those situations. They have their elite players in Lexi Hagen, Megan McGow. They're a little bit, you know, above the rest. They're they're extremely balanced, don't get me wrong, but they also have one or two players that can take over a game when they need to. And uh, that was something maybe that was there before, but maybe wasn't as noticeable as it is now. So I, I think they've answered all the questions I have at this point. And uh, they they look really really good heading into the final two weeks here.
1: I would definitely agree. Coach Call and his staff have done a great job with a really young squad. All right, let's. uh, Do you want to stick as we go to Saturday? Should we just wrap it up on Northwestern? Is that easier than circling? Yeah, because
0: I mean, uh, honestly, you know, I don't have a ton to say on this one. I mean, if you if you want to, feel free, but. Uh, I, I don't really have a ton to add about their game against Crown. Another nice win on the road. Uh, did a lot of really good things, I thought, in this one, uh, especially early. Yeah. If, How many times you know, have we said
1: strong first quarter for Northwestern? Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, that's maybe not always been the case in, in No, years it past, hasn't. So. They
1: had a ton of slow starts last year, I
0: actually remember why, and they didn't catch fire till later in games. And, again, look at the minutes that different players are playing. Uh, I mean, you got three people, four people, excuse me, coming off the bench and uh, playing double-digit minutes. And so there's just an extreme amount of uh, depth and balance with this team. And there's just a lot to like with Northwestern. Uh, Anything specific with this game that you want to talk about? As far as Crown goes, talk about the disappointment they must be feeling right now. Just a, a, a huge spot, a huge weekend and two results that just got a sting heading into the final four games now because, you know, they didn't even really give themselves a chance in either one, you could argue. I agree. It's been a tough stretch for Coach Tussler's club after they
1: had some positivity a few weeks ago. Now, there's still time left. Don't hear me say it's over, Polar fans. you still got four games left, but... It's a tough pill to swallow with the last chunk of games that you've had. I agree with you on Northwestern side. I mean, the minutes are what sticks out. And you mentioned the four players off the bench who play double-figure minutes. Three out of the four have 11, 10, and 9 points for Terry, McGow, and Hershey. So it's not just they're coming off the bench, they're playing minutes, and they're in the flow of the offense, whatever. They're scoring as well like they have all season long. Lexi Hagen gets 15 points to lead the way wide. She only played for 20 minutes. They, I mean, I was able to catch spots of this game here and there they basically put her on ice in the second half and had her sit on the bench and she didn't play much. Cause, cause why would you like, you don't have yeah. to force it, give more players an opportunity and they're just rolling right now. I mentioned the numbers that they had that were pretty good offensively on Friday night. I mean, Saturday they shoot 63% from the field and 52% from downtown, 85% from the line at 11 to 13. I mean, we talk about what do you have to do to beat Northwestern and try to have a chance? Obviously, those numbers can't happen. I mean, they're putting up those numbers. Why? Like, they'll go past the UMAC and they'll potentially give somebody a run for their money in you know the NCAA's. And I know we're not we're not going that far, but if you shoot those kind of numbers, you know what I mean. Like, you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of basketball games against a lot of different teams. So as far as crown goes, we always look first at Latsky and Hecox. I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, you combine they shot. 7 of 15 from downtown. That's nothing to snooze about, Wyatt. But from there, you're just looking, where else can we get any kind of offense? And it was really tough to find for Coach Tussler's club. They got to do some evaluation and try to figure out a way to turn the dial again because they need to do it real quick. It's got to happen this weekend. We'll talk about that more in the preview pod. But, yeah, what a road weekend for Northwestern, Wyatt. And it's signed, sealed, delivered. They have the one seed. I mean, it's over. Yes.
0: So – And just briefly on this, so even if they were to lose their last four games, the two teams behind them, North Central and Morris, that are both 6-4 and and could tie them, they've beaten them both twice. So as far as I'm concerned, they've won the conference. And I know technically they could tie, but if they've beaten both those teams twice already, they're they're the champs in my eyes. So when was the last time we had it wrapped up that early? You know what I mean? Like just a remarkable, remarkable season for Northwestern, and you know I'm not worried about it because I'm sure they're going to win at least one more. I mean, talk about a huge shock if they don't win another game in the regular season, that'd be something. But they, they, they'll take care of it either this next weekend or the weekend after. To be but outright, in, yep. In my eyes, they're already that the outright because. But they with how the UMAC fine.
1: labels it, yeah, they'll they'll do the banner yes. and the outright bit the next time they win. So that could
0: be Friday night. But yeah, it's it's wild, Wyatt. I mean, we could be... go ahead i oh, was sorry. You, you kind of cut, cut in and out there, too, as I was getting ready to say yeah. So I did not know if you're going to continue. <laughs> but good. uh could be a big night Friday night. You know could what I mean? Be. Yeah. Big opportunity. So, you know, well, I'm sure they'll have it in attendance I- until they officially do it. And hopefully, if you're an Eagles fan, it's only once.
1: And we got to move on to the other matchups, I understand, here in a second. But one last question for you on the Eagles, Wyatt. Let's say they do win Friday night because they're favored. They're playing Northland. Let's say they find a way to win. They may not. Okay, I understand that. But from there, do you think about resting some players here and there? Or is your sole focus, let's keep the thing on you know course for what we were planning on all season long. We get a lead in some games. We'll rest some of our starters and players who play a lot of minutes like they've been doing in some spots where they've been able to do so and keep it the same that way and say, hey, it is worth trying to go undefeated like that means something. Or do they go full rest mode and they're like you know maybe starting the same five but giving serious rest to you know a lot of their big guns if you want to put it that way I mean how do you think coach call and his staff play this thing and how would you play it as
0: a coach if you've wrapped up the conference with still three games to play in the regular season as someone that lost one game his senior year on the baseball field in Northwestern Oof. in conference play, yeah. a, a, you know, we won the regular season. We went 15-1. Yes, it means something to go 16-0. You, yeah. you want to go undefeated if you can. If they get into certain spots where you can rest them, absolutely, if you got big leads. But at the same time, Ryan, you got to stay sharp for the conference tournament. You can't, yep. you can't take your foot off the gas pedal. And, and if it's as far as, like, even worrying about injuries and stuff, it, it, that's a part of the game. If it happens, it happens. But – you, you just have to be willing to take that chance. You have got to continue to get them reps. And, and so I don't think anything really changes as far as that goes. Again, if they get big leads in some of these games, absolutely. There's no reason not to maybe get some other people some time and pull them. But other than that, no, it's, it's business as usual. At least it would be if I was in charge.
1: 100% agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. And like you said, we saw it in spots this weekend where the Eagles did give some rest to some of their players when they get a bigger lead and i think that's all the more motivation wide if i'm coach call coach Yost, coach goodwin that's what i'm saying to the players we want to have the opportunity to get some rest so play a really really good start of the game first quarter like they have great first half and then if we get into the third quarter and we're up 20 plus points then we can put you on ice so yeah i i think they're going to keep in that same direction i totally agree with what you said all right Moving on from that matchup, next, let's go over the border to Superior, Wisconsin. We talked about how big of a matchup this would be in the preview pod, Wyatt. Jackets hosting Bethany. Bethany coming off of a tough pill to swallow the night before, like we were talking about in their loss to Northland. Superior coming off of a resounding win. Jackets beat the Vikings by double digits in the first game of the UMAC slate back on December the 9th. So, of course, Wyatt, you're thinking coming in, Bethany's licking their wounds. Jackets are at home feeling really, really good. It was senior day. No, not senior day. Excuse me. That's in a couple weekends. There was something going on for Superior. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Some some sort of (laughs) day. There was. They were doing something. I saw some of the calls of those games. They said it's the best crowd they had all season. It it was a good scene.
0: Anyway. What a disappointment.
1: Exactly. It was popping at the Mertz. And uh, yeah, why? It was a disappointment. Because as we all drew it up, Bethany... After losing by 17 the night before, not only did they win, they win by 18 points in this ball game on the road. And uh, I'm looking here at our sheet. Both you and I had, you had it correct. You had Bethany, I had Superior. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong column. So another one that you saw correctly. So please, Wyatt, tell me, how did you see this coming? How did you know that Bethany was going to get... Beat badly
0: Friday, turn it around and make a 180 on Saturday. Well, I thought they uh, were gonna win on Friday. Actually, that was the one. That was the one game on uh, Friday, by the way, that I got wrong. I was seven and one counting the men's games as well, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. So it's disappointing I couldn't go eight for zero. So I did have them winning this game though, and it's not all because you know Coach Jones has been around a long time and Coach Carpenter's in her first year, but that has a little something to do about it. They played once earlier this year. The adjustments moving into the next time around. I just I felt comfortable with what Coach Jones was gonna be able to do and draw up. And again, it's so fitting for Bethany with the season that they've had to to lose that game like they did on Friday and then come back and win this game. I just I can't figure out how they continue to do this. Because I thought for sure they were gonna lose on Saturday after seeing that score on Friday night. I really did. So I I was surprised to see that they turned it around and won. And not only that, but they won comfortably. It does seem like this, though, Ryan. It it does seem like every time they do win a big game, Sarah Kotke is the one that leads the way. Does it not? I I feel like she has a big game anytime they get a win or need a win. This saved Bethany's season because they lose this game. They lose the tiebreaker to Superior. They're two games back from them for the fourth spot with four games to go. You can't make up that ground in four games. You, You know what I mean? So this saved their season. It was a must win. And they got it done. Really impressive on uh, Bethany's part. And like you said, a little bit of a letdown for Superior with the opportunity that they had. Well,
1: and Kaylin Christian, the one that we talk about so much, Wyatt, and the one that you've been high on throughout this season, I mean, she does her part. You can't complain with what she does trying to lead the charge offensively for a jacket squad where let's just be honest, Wyatt, often it's tough for them to put the ball in the basket. I mean, they talk about it. On their broadcast, they talk about that within their squad. She puts up 19 points and 8 boards. She rises to the occasion. But much like what we just talked about with Crown moments ago, who else? And, I mean, their defense was a huge factor in the ballgame that they won in Mankato back in December. Bethany does a way better job. They turn it over just 11 times. They win the turnover battle and turn the Jackets over 15 times. So, Christian really being the only consistent force offensively, another cold shooting performance from downtown at just 2 of 14, combined with the fact that Bethany kind of won the defensive battle and pressuring the other team and causing them to make mistakes. It all adds up to a convincing win and a uh, really strong performance for a Bethany squad that, yeah, I mean, some people maybe, I don't know if written off is too far, away, but you had some serious questions after Friday night. I mean, Absolutely. this is uberly impressive. Like I said, the best way I can phrase it is a 180 from one game to the next.
0: This is why when you ask the question, can you give me your top four teams or who's going to make it last week, I said I wasn't <laughs> going to do it because you just don't know what's going to happen. It's just ridiculous how back and forth this is. Crown could still get in too, by the way. I, I know yeah. it wasn't the week and they wanted to have. They're still very much in the thick of things still. And uh, it's just, it's been so tight in the middle of the pack this year. It's just amazing. It's unlike any other. I, I don't know oh. how else to say it. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, it's like its like we planned that when we named the podcast, I guess. There you go. All righty. Oh, We're
1: through with half of the Saturday slate. Let's uh, knock out a pair more. Wyatt, this one we thought would be tight. We thought it would be the best chance for Martin Luther to pick up a win before the end of their regular season slate on the road at Northland still missing the services of Lydia fight Northland riding in high after their convincing win over Bethany that we talked about moments ago and they keep the foot on the gas you mentioned moments ago it's the most impressive weekend that the Lumberjills have had so far this season Wyatt well it's because they got another convincing win Saturday 70 to 50 and your player of the year conversation starter who did not leave the okay. Th- is this box score correct? Could this possibly be correct? No, are you looking the at the minutes, same thing? I am.
0: There's no way the minutes are correct. <laughs> it also says that uh Leah uh Sluder came off the bench and did shoot a shot, so I'm not sure how she doesn't. Well, actually, it could be less than it's a, a minute zero. It says zero plus, exactly. could be less than a minute. That might wait, actually wait, but be correct. Even I,
1: like when you officially score a box score, Wyatt, if you play for 22 seconds, it's supposed to be minute. marked down as a minute, well, I think, like if they round be, up.
0: That, that could be incorrect. <laughs> there is a possibility they just played the starters the whole time. I, I don't think that's necessarily incorrect. I'll give you the
1: enjoyment of uh, reading off the stat line for Miranda Wagner, the number one overall pick in women's fantasy basketball that is basically single-handedly killing my club right now.
0: 30 ball dropped a 30 ball got 30 points and uh she did that while fouling out of the game by the way and yep. uh had six six rebounds uh, a couple blocks so just an all-around solid performance also didn't turn the ball over much just two turnovers uh shot it efficiently at almost 50 percent for the game and again i mean we'll talk about this in a second when we just quickly go over player of the year conversation but she's right up there in the thick of it i think and it's these kind of performances that uh, are are why because there's not many people if anybody else that can do what she does as far as score the basketball goes so huge performance by her big win for Northland yeah disappointing for Martin Luther and again disappointing year for Martin Luther from you know the expectations that they had and uh, and wanted to accomplish what they thought they could do it's it's definitely not the way they envisioned it but you know, you just got to find a way to finish this out strong and regroup and uh, head into the off season with, uh, you know, your goals and things you want to work on getting ready for next year.
1: Wyatt, with the way that they can light it up on any given night, and I know it's mostly been at home where we've seen that this season, I believe two out of the three wins for this season. Well, two of them happened this weekend, Captain Obvious. Uh, Northland has been good in, in spots at home is what I'm trying to say. But they're one of the scariest yeah. – three and seven teams that we've seen in recent memory in the UMAC. Can I spin a little web for you really, really quickly?
0: Really quick. Only if
1: it's really quick, Ryan. Northwestern beat Martin Luther by 10 on January the 13th. Okay. We just said that Northland beat Martin Luther by 20 most recently on Saturday. Who plays Northwestern next?
0: I'm looking right at the schedule. It's Northland. I know it's not at the Kendrigan Center, Wyatt. Therefore, therefore, because but, they won by 20 and Northwestern only won by 10, Northland's better is what you're saying.
1: Well, you know, Northwestern would say, let's just circle back to a few weeks ago on the road. They beat Northland 89-56. to So here's the Ouch. deal. Northland can score. Can they stop Northwestern, though? Because is this going to be one where they're going to have to score 75-plus, 80-plus to win on the road? Are, are we going to get a shootout Friday night
0: wide? Are we going to get 88-84 to Northwestern over Northland? I will give you my answer on the preview pod. Sounds good. Keep people gonna, waiting. We're gonna, we're I love we're it. Gonna, we're going to save it for that.
1: We do like to tease things forward, that's for sure. So Northland, as I mentioned, now 3-7 and seven in UMAC play. Martin Luther at 1-9, and nine, but the squad we're talking about next, Wyatt, in Minnesota-Morris, Coach Grove said... On a mic after the game on Saturday, Martin Luther is the best 1-9 team maybe in the history of the UMAC. So, you know, take that as you may. Uh, they're not overlooking them whatsoever because they play Martin Luther next. But getting to before the end of the contest, this was another big one why. Morris trying to bounce back from the tough pill to swallow with their loss against Northwestern on their home floor Friday night. North Central coming in feeling good after picking up a win at the WAC. For this matchup, both you and I in this contest... No, I I was going to say both of us took the Cougars. Of course I didn't. I took North Central because... Yeah, you got why? both...
0: You got no, no, no. We both took wrong. the Cougars.
1: I was, I was reading the chart wrong again. We both got this right. I was going to say, Holy I took cow, Morris.
0: Man. Holy cow. Get it together over there. Are, are you sure now? Are you I sure? sure?
1: I am sure. I spoke too quickly. I looked at the men's instead of the that women's. That
0: would be surprising <laughs> to me if you took North Central on the road uh, against Minnesota hey, Morris we, in
1: this spot. Yeah, we both had a okay day on Saturday. So at least you didn't blow me out on the women's side Saturday. We were both just two and two. We both were on Martin Luther and Superior and got those ones
0: wrong. I guess, I mean, what, I beat you by three games this week?
1: On the woman's side?
0: In total. I think I only had three more correct picks than you did. I think. I guess so, you I did. Mean, yeah. It's not. That's it's, right. I, I guess in 16 games, maybe that's a lot to you, but it's not like you were that far off. We just had a couple games that we picked differently that I got correct. So I mean, F- four again, games I
1: mean, actually. You're not giving you're, yourself you're, enough credit. Yeah, you well, beat me okay, by four. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, hey, look, I'm I'm proud of myself for for some of the predictions I made, and and like I said, it was very strong on the women's side as well. And hey, this is the kind of performance that makes me believe Morris could be one of the teams that could beat Northwestern. They come back, they, they shake off the loss, and very efficient in this game. Defensively able to lock North Central down, something Crown could not do. And then, uh, you know, they were able to do enough offensively to get the win on their home court. It felt like they needed this after their loss to Northwestern just to keep the ball rolling. I mean, nothing was stopping this team until they ran into Northwestern, and then they pick up right where they uh, left off from. And how about this? Their two leading scorers come off the bench. Again, Morris, just different people doing it, it seems, like night in and night out. I I said that last week. And uh, you can add two people to the list as well. I think I actually mentioned uh, Lexus Red Thunder before, but uh, Tariq brown no, never mentioned her. So a heck of a performance there uh, from her in this one, scoring 12, and a big win for Morris uh, on their home court. So good to see them bounce back, North Central, Good thing they got the win against ground because uh, you did not want to go 0-2 this weekend, and they avoided doing that. So still a pretty successful weekend, I would say, for North Central on this road trip.
1: Yeah, meatloaf definitely does not taste too bad late on a Saturday night. It could be worse for sure. You could be having the sad pizza story. So they did not have to go in that direction. As far as Morris goes, Wyatt, like I was saying, Coach Grove had some interesting comments after the game. I was able to watch some of this contest down the stretch. Yeah, I think Lexus Red, Red Thunder is the name to watch going down the stretch for Morris they have other options don't get me wrong but she's really good on the block when she has space to operate she's been out of game action for nearly two full seasons before she came back to the club was finally cleared in this new year in 2023 played her first game on January the 7th so she's still working her way back but great sign for her like you mentioned double double 16 and 11 off the bench and Brown not Coach Grove was saying she continues to earn minutes. We need to put her out there more off the bench, and she is going to deliver. She's a great shooter. She stepped up again 12 minutes, excuse me, 12 points in just 17 minutes that she did play Mm
0: -hmm. off the
1: bench for the Cougars. Big win. Couldn't agree with you more. They needed it after a sour taste in their mouths, and they're making a good case, like
0: you said, to say we are the second best team in the UMAC. So really quickly, on the women's side, when it comes to player of the year, before we hop over to the men's side, to me it's pretty clear cut on the women's side. I would have Lexi Hagen number one. She, she's the best player, at least from a statistical and just what she means to that team. Uh, and if you're the best player on the best team in a year where they're clearly the best team at ten and zero, everybody else is six and four and you know worse. To me, she has to be number one right now, scoring fourteen a game. She's also right up there uh in rebounding, leading the conference and rebounding in conference games. So I, I don't know how it can't be her. I, I think Wagner's maybe in the mix because of her scoring, and she also gets six and a half rebounds a game. So you gotta give her credit. But to me it'd be Lexi Hagen first and foremost. Do you agree with that? Is there anybody I'm missing? To me, the men's side's a little bit more compelling. I feel like Hagen's gonna win it on the women's side.
1: Yeah, Wyatt. Second in scoring, like you said, first in rebounding and second in field goal percentage, that's a pretty good combination. And first in three-point percentage. And I know it, this just doesn't go on stats alone. And the eye test does matter from what these other coaches see and whatnot. But correct, I agree with you. And those stats could be even larger numbers, but Northwestern's just so balanced. I mean, she averages just under 15 a game. She could average 20. I mean, if the Eagles really wanted to feed her more and make her the focal point, they could. But Why would you when you're so well-balanced? I mean, Northwestern doesn't have another score until 15 in the conference, so
0: they're at the top, Wyatt, and they only have one of the top 14 scores in the conference. I mean, how wild is that? Well, and again, there's not like – and we knew coming into the year there wasn't a Hannah Geisfeld who was going to be a clear-cut favorite, so it was open, and it really has been open all year. I mean, there's nobody else outside of Hagen and Wagner that – even garnered my attention for consideration because of how balanced the conference is and you know you have one player that does this really well but that's you know their niche if you will and then you have another player that does this well they're the only two that are in like multiple categories up there near the top so i i and like i said wagner scores at a high clip and, and you know rebounds too pretty well but it's hard for me to give it to someone as good as she has been on a team that's three and seven versus Hagen, who's on a team that's 10 and zero. when you could argue Hagen's numbers are just as good, if not better, even when you factor in the rebounding aspect of it too. And Plus, don't, you know, don't forget the
1: three ball. She's
0: 40%. No yes, one else is better than 36. I, I'm glad you brought that up. She's efficient. Wagner gets a ton of volume too, to put yeah. up the numbers that she does. So to me, it's Hagen. Wagner's a close second. That's all. Just wanted to throw that out there. I, I think it's a little bit more close on the men's side. But again, it, it will, we'll see what the coaches think. They get to watch everybody in person, so maybe they'll look at it a different way than we do. But that's where I see it at this point. Totally agree. Speaking of the men, are you ready to move over to the men's side? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hop into the other eight games that took place this weekend, and uh, certainly a lot of compelling ones on this side as well. Yeah, let's start, Wyatt, uh, as I get my right tab up here across
1: the border in ashland wisconsin one that you and i both got correct and that is a rarity for some of these matches we're looking at but bethany over northland we both thought that it would be quite convincing to set up their showdown on saturday and it was 91 to 67 over the lumberjacks jacks madsen having a bounce back performance from what we've seen the last couple of weeks he leads the way with 25 for the vikings this one Tight at halftime, compelling why it's just 37 to 33, but whatever Coach Garvin and his staff said in the locker room got the boys' attention as they quickly stepped on the gas in the second half after having just a four-point lead. They went on a pretty big run to start the second half and quickly
0: built the thing into double figures and then cruised from there for a wire-to-wire victory. Yeah, huge run, like you said, to start the second half, and one of those deals where – I mean, they lost to him last year. I'm sure Coach Garvin remembers that, and he's letting them know, we we got to take care of business here. No more uh, messing around almost, if you will. And that's exactly what they did. They they showed up in the second half, score 54. Only other thing I'll add is I'm disappointed we didn't get the uh, triple-digit watch or the yeah. triple-double watch, the TDW, <laughs> which Nielsen, they just don't need him as much, you, you know, this year the, as they did last year. And, again, they're probably better off for it, as we're seeing this year. But uh, he, he's still very efficient in the role he has. It's just not as much volume and, and the kind of role he had last year, if that makes sense. So it's, it's a good win for him. And, again, they continue to show that they're the most complete team uh, in this conference this year. Uh, another nice weekend for them, and it started on Friday night getting the win over Northland. So, yeah, I, I really didn't anticipate things. Uh, again, I was surprised Northland hung around maybe as long as they did, so it was a good showing for them in that aspect. But otherwise, went about the way I thought it would.
1: Let's stay across the border. The UW-Superior Yellow Jackets hosting Martin Luther. This one we also expected to be a convincing win, and the Jackets were ready to go right off the jump. They had an 18-point lead, Wyatt, going into the locker room at 44-26, getting the offense rolling once more as they put up north of 75, 76-60 to the final. Joseph Ferenholtz, my guy, leading the way, Wyatt, You talk about efficiency, Played just 19 minutes, 23 points and eight boards, nine of 12 from the field, five of six from the line, 19 minutes wide. He puts up 23 and eight.
0: Is that okay? You know, that's, that's where I keep going back to. I, I, it it haunts me. I had the chance to pick him (laughs) in in men's fantasy basketball this year. And I knew he was there too. I, I was reminding myself, I completely forgot about it. Picked, uh, Picked a guy he was playing against, actually, in this game. And Seth Beers, whose uh, production, is his volume hasn't quite been there as the season's gone along. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Ferenholz, what what a stud. Another big performance from him and the Jackets. Again, not really a lot to add on this one. I, I mean, it went about the way I thought it would. And, and you know, they, they built built up the lead and basically just coasted in the second half and uh, set up what would be the huge showdown then on Saturday with Bethany. Is there anything you want to add on this one? I mean, again, kind of in a rarity it seems like this year in this conference uh, a game we saw going this way and it did
1: yeah i don't have anything else to add we'll talk more uh, about the jackets and martin luther for that matter in a little bit with their matchups on saturday all right halfway home for these friday night contests now let's get into the state of minnesota first talking about what happened at the whack we expected a good one we got a good one you were saying in this must, must, must have game for Crown, I mean if they wanted any semblance of a chance to stay alive with their playoff aspirations, they had to beat Crown. You are on the Polars, they delivered, taking down North Central in this ball game. Crown wins 68-63, to 63. this one was tight down to the wire, Wyatt, and uh, shout out to our guy, Mr. Bauman for helping us out with some of this. I was a little preoccupied down the stretch of this ballgame, but uh, he is letting us know that Micah had a tough ball game overall when we look at the box score wide, that being Micah Filer. He had 16 points to lead the way, but just 6-20 from the field, he didn't knock down a triple, and he turned it over twice in the final 30 seconds of the ball game. Ladd took the ball away from him with 36 seconds left, and then a little later on down the stretch as well, uh he was miscommunicating with uh cam thomas and they turned it over again so yeah Yeah. tough finish for north central
0: yeah no it was looking bleak for a while for crown like you said i mean they go on a 10-0 run to end this game after trailing 63 to 58 in the final 327 how'd they do it seth royston what did i say let's pound the ball into seth royston let's have him do his thing Man, man, he delivered. It was a big performance from him when they needed it the most. So big win for Crown, finding a way to get it done. And again, that was an absolute must-win for them. So you're feeling pretty good about yourselves with your Crown heading into Saturday. And and again, big performance from Royston, 26 points, 14 boards, unbelievable. Again, double, from downtown double. though. Look at he four of his eight yeah. field goals are from deep. Four or seven from deep. deep. For a team that struggled to shoot the three this year, he he's actually been one that seems like. He, he can get hot for them uh, when he needs to, and you can't really say that about a lot of their guys this year. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, honestly, just a huge performance from him to put him on his back. And like you said, I'm sure Micah Filer, that is, would like to have a few possessions back at the end of this game. Didn't shoot it the greatest throughout the game, and a tough one for North Central to drop, that's for sure. And give Crown
1: credit, Wyatt. I mean, we talked about how Micah absolutely exploded in the first matchup between these two out at Clark Danielson. Totally different story. So they made big time adjustments. But what if I told you coming in wide in a game they had to have, Cade Carroll scores just nine points. He's three of
0: twelve from the field, one of seven from deep. I mean, what would you think? I would think it's a bad, bad, bad <laughs> recipe for success. Where we're we're, yep. we're not looking good if if you're on the pollers in this one. So. Yeah, no. I I again they, they picked it up when they needed two different guys stepping up in certain spots. Michael Add making a free throw down the stretch. So it's you know, it's it's great to see if you're crowned to get this win. And uh, you know, I, I can't remember I backed crown in this one. Did you
1: No, I did not. I
0: took you North Central. You had North Central, so this was one we were different on.
1: I didn't think there was any way that Micah would be held in check the way he was so like i said big time props to crown they did a total 180 as far as how they defended him and he was frustrated down the stretch to say the least uh in this one for the rams
0: yeah big win for crown that's for sure and then you know the game of the night took place over in morris though you know that's that's kind of the one we had our eyes on on friday on the men's side and uh i'll i'll guess you've been having me start with a lot of these conversations what do you think about this one
1: yeah, I mean, the guy that you've been talking about has been turning the dial, continued that. Uh, 2K10, Kyle Kamink, 30-burger, was living at the line in this ball game. Kind of what we saw from Caleb Hoylene in the opening half, Wyatt, against North Central last weekend. kmink was doing it on Friday night in Morris. whopping well, 14 of 16 from the line. That'll help pad the stats to get you to a 30-burger. But it's the big three again, Wyatt. I mean, doing it once more. Hoyleen has 18, super efficient at 8 of 14. And then Henry Fambula, another double-double. Wyatt, get this, 16 rebounds. I mean, we talk about how Morris won the battle on the glass in the first contest. Doesn't happen again. We talked about that coming in. It was tight, 34 to 31. But literally, Henry has 16 of the Eagles' 34 rebounds. Almost half of their rebounds come from number 24 in purple. Adds 14 points as well. And then it was the start of a really good weekend, Wyatt, for Seth Fuquay. And I know you mentioned on the pod coming in that Parker Bainey's status was in question if he was going to be able to give it a go. He did, just 16 minutes off the bench, though, and in multiple spots when they needed him this weekend. Best weekend by far for Seth Fuquay in an Eagle uniform after transferring over from North Central. Season hasn't gone the way he would have liked it to. We'll talk about the Eagles' win on Saturday in a little bit. But man, oh man... Did they ever need him this weekend? And the Eagles got it from him. Just 12 points, but 3 of 6 from the field, 3 of 4 from downtown for the Southpaw out of Colorado Springs. Big win for the Eagles and Wyatt. We say it every single year with this squad. You hear it from players in the program. You hear it from coaches. The motion offense only gets better as we head into February. If we're privileged enough to play in March, the offense is only going to get better. We're seeing it again this season for Northwestern.
0: Well, you throw out a lot of good points there with guys that stepped up in big games. But to me, it it goes on Kyle Kamink right away in the performance he had. This is one of the best performances, not just from him this year, but arguably in the entire conference. And the reason why is because not only did he put up 30 points, he didn't turn the ball over one time, Ryan. They had four turnovers as a team, which is incredible, but he didn't turn it over once. For a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot and is trusted to make plays drive to the rim – that's incredible. Also was 14 of 16 at the line. So an incredible job there when he needed to knock down free shots. And again, the piece with Parker Bainey, yeah, I didn't start and, and you know, he, he did put in 16 minutes, so didn't turn the ball over. And, you know, he he only knocked down one shot, but he's a guy they can trust in the yep. rotation and, and give guys blows when, when they need them too. So having him back, I do think makes a big difference for this Northwestern team. Yep. And uh, it's, it's a big win for them on the road. And like you said, not only is the offense getting better northwestern as a team seems to just get better in general down the stretch and here they are again just uh finding a way to uh lurk but in the shadows almost when they've had a down year you know to their standards and uh, they they're a team you do not want to have to face that's for sure so big win for them it was a huge weekend like you said we'll get to their game on saturday here in just a second for morris though It hurts. Look at the box score. I mean, if you read these
1: numbers coming in, Wyatt, both teams very well execution on the offensive side of the ball. Morris took good care of the ball, turned it over just 10 times. I mean, the Eagles at another level, turned it over just four times. But if I told you coming in, Wyatt, the Cougars shoot 52% from the field, 53% from downtown, don't miss a free throw at 15 of 15 and put up 86 points. What
0: are you thinking? thinking they probably uh, win the game, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, seriously, there's there's not a single thing in the box score that I can point to and say that's why they lost the game other than the turnovers, which, again, isn't even that bad because they only turned no. it over 10 times. But that was six possessions they lost that Northwestern had back because they only turned it over four times. And that's what ended up making the difference. That and Northwestern was also extremely efficient, not only from the field, but three-point land as well. So... Yeah, it hurts. It stings for Morris. You had a lot of guys play well. I'm sure Noah Carnegie would like to have a few shots back. He was only 4-14, and even with that being the case, still put in 16 points, so I'm sure he'd like to have this game back, but it's it's tough for Morris because they know they can beat him. They did it earlier this year. They, yeah. they know they're right there, Ryan, and so it's it's another close loss for, for a team that uh, just has not got blown out this year. They're always in games, so... As difficult as it is for them and probably a tough pill to swallow, uh, still a lot to like about this Morris team and, and their chances moving forward into the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Also, i just like to point out, I feel like I basically nailed the game script for this one, like when we did our preview. Yeah. I said Northwestern was going to get ahead kind of like they did last time, and then they were going to hang on to the lead this time. Kind of exactly what happened. They led by nine at half. Morris was trying to make their push in the second half. Just never got there, though, this time. So, uh it, 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 I got to give myself a little pat on the back for that one. I, I was pretty you proud looking at that game.
1: You should. And, again, you should walk into the backyard and walk into the coop and look at the chickens and grab some eggs, Wyatt, because you need to throw some more my way. <laughs> I said in this ball game, because we had Morris put up 60 in the second half and have an identical scoreline to this where they scored big number and the Eagles blew a lead in the second half, pretty close you know, game script, but Morris won. I said it's going to flip this time. I said it's more of a defensive struggle. I told you in the preview, Wyatt, if this kind of gets into a shootout type of a game, I kind of think that's the way Morris wants it to go at home. I don't think Northwestern wants it to happen that way again. I think they want to lock in a little more defensively, assert themselves on the glass, and uh, win this one more in a 70-75, to maybe 80 at the most they have to score. Nope, that was all baloney. They scored 96. Forget what I said. Who needs defense? I mean, Coach Groves well, and his staff well, are saying, who well. needs the defense?
0: That's that's why I ask the question. I've probably done it a couple times. Does defense win championships still? And I think, I mean, you do have to have a defense, but a league offense. Always the Houston Cougars seems to
1: defense win. will win the championship this year, though, possibly.
0: If, if they don't score 40 <laughs> points in a game, which could easily happen, too, because their offense just stalls sometimes. But yes, I love Houston and I love Kelvin Sampson. That besides the point. No eggs will be thrown at you, Ryan. Not for me, at least. If others do, I can't control that. But don't worry. You're not going to get pelted by me. Do you want to stay with Northwestern again sure. like we did on the women's side and talk about their game against Crown now? Yeah, So let's do that. So with Crown in this one... I mean, they gave Northwestern their best shot early in this game. They led at halftime and, and were looking pretty good. That's not, by the way, going back to Morris, that's not the recipe for success to beat Northwestern. They were lucky and able to do it once after trailing by a large amount in the second half. If you spot Northwestern a lead, uh, especially a double-digit lead, it's almost next to impossible for them to give that up. Morris was lucky, and, and you know, with basically an A-plus second half, They were able to do it. When else can we say that about teams, though, Ryan? It seems like when Northwestern loses, it's because the game's closer. They get down and put themselves in a hole. They very rarely give up a lead when they have it. And by the time the second half rolled around in this game after trailing at halftime, they were able to get that lead, and they essentially never looked back.
1: Agreed, absolutely. But Crown did spot the Eagles an early lead in this ball game. Northwestern was You're up saying
0: like right away, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah Northwestern was up twenty eight to fourteen, and everything was going down there, doing whatever they wanted offensively early in this ball game. And give Crown a ton of credit because they pushed back in the ball game and they got it to a point where, like you said, they were up 33-31 at the half after a nineteen to three run going into the locker room. So they're feeling sky high and they're thinking we can do it. Just like we did against North Central. We're going to find a way to win. We're going to go undefeated this weekend. And then, like you said, I mean, Northwestern finds a way in the second half. They make some adjustments. And, man, how about it? Your guy, again, he's making a case to at least be near the top of the conversation for the player of the year. It's not a 30-burger, but 27 and 8 boards and 5 assists as well. And, oh, by the way, you talk about how he takes care of the ball. Just one turnover for 2K10. Not as many foul shots, but still led the team at 6-7 from the line, 9-20 from the field, 3-6 from downtown. Played tied with the most minutes at 37. I could go on and on and on. But Wyatt, 2K10, even though he's wearing a knee brace on that right knee, he's got uh, some, he, at least on Friday night, I know he had his left wrist and one of his fingers taped up. I mean, he, Kyle's always got something going on. But anyway, doesn't matter. The dude is uh, in his bag right now, as they like to say.
0: Yeah, no, he is a- absolutely, and we'll get to that here at the end uh, as far as Conference Player of the Year goes, but he's absolutely right up there at the top in that conversation with a select few, a- and he's playing his best coming down the stretch, which is always encouraging, I think, as a head coach and as uh, you know his teammates uh, around him to know that because he's been the guy we've looked at this year, Ryan, and said he he's their best all-around player, right? I, I mean, I think we both would still agree with that and and so he's finally putting it all together and maybe he is feeling as good as he's felt all year again we don't know exactly where he's been as far as injuries go and he's dealt with a lot and like you say he's got the knee brace on and stuff but he might be feeling as good as he's felt all year for all we know with with everything that he's been dealing with so that could be part of it too because these are the kind of numbers a few years ago if you remember he he could put up you know, with that team that got shockingly beat by Saints Glasgow in the semifinals, remember he was having a mo- monster, massive year yep. that year, too, in certain spots. He was healthy then, and, and ever since that year, you know, there's been little injuries here and there, things that have hampered him. And, and now, maybe finally, he, he's back at a point where he truly feels comfortable. Because even down the stretch last year, he wasn't 100% healthy. No.
1: No, and in, in March of 2021, he was dynamite in that COVID year for so many teams, and the Eagles got to play a ton of years. He was fantastic in that March run yeah. that they had. So we haven't seen a Kyle like this, I think, Wyatt, since then, since the run that he had in March of 2021, so almost two years, and it's great to see, and Eagles fans and everyone in the conference, including you and I, Wyatt, is hoping that he can stay healthy enough to stay on the floor and keep it going because it is uh, fun to watch to see what he's doing and getting into his spots. I mean, he loves the fadeaway, Jay, more than anyone else in this league, I think, Wyatt. When he gets one step into the lane and then spin off of it and fade away over the top and knock it down, I mean, that that's one of his go-tos right now.
0: Well, you mentioned his spin. I mean, that's one of your favorite calls is when he drives to the rim, not the fadeaway, but when he drives to the rim and you, you say he puts him in the spin cycle. Spin cycle, cycle yep, he's, for the that's his that's his thing that's yeah. that's absolutely his go-to both whether it's the fadeaway or drive into the lane so yeah no it's great to see as far as crown goes just really quickly basically done at this yeah. point so so much would have to go their way now and, and we knew it was a 2-0 weekend kind of a must and necessity coming into the weekend they only got the one they'd have to run the table a, a lot would have to happen so they're basically done at this point really really disappointing year for them I'm sure with you know what they had coming back and the run they made last year we'll talk probably more about that we'll do like a recap at the end of the year to yeah. kind of just re- revisit the team so we'll get into that later on but certainly uh, a little disappointing for Crown so you kind of to me at this point you got Bethany they're they're at the top and then Northwestern is lurking in the shadows very dangerous team and then you also got Superior those 3 are are the three C's, in my opinion, the contenders uh, Mm. at this point now in the season. Do you want to talk about that other showdown that we had? Or or do you want to go to a couple other games? No, let's do it. Do you want to go right into it? Let's do it, yep. What was the score in this game, Ryan? 74-65.
1: And you prognosticated this one very well, Wyatt. I was saying the Jackets are going to have to score a big number to win. They only had to get to 75. You were totally right. What if I told you coming in, Wyatt, that Jax Madsen and Drew Sagdahl would combine to shoot not great, combine for just 23 points, make a combined 4-3 balls, nothing super spectacular, and then you look down the line, a guy like Mason Ackley scores just 8 points, Xavier Patterson scores only six. Your guy, Hunter Nielsen, okay, at just 11. You're saying, where is it coming from?
0: Turn to yeah, the senior. I I, I mean, seriously, when, when you need it the most, a guy that we haven't even talked about, like, I feel like for weeks. He's been benched, taken out of the starting five, yep. But there he is. And, and still just like, no, don't worry, coach, I got you. I, I've been in these spots before. I've played in big games and like you said, knocks down five threes. What a game by Justin Trump. I mean, that, that takes a lot of, of guts to do what he did. And just the attitude too, because like you said, I mean, a, a guy that was in the starting lineup, he's been there for a long time. Now he's out of the starting lineup and he's still able to come off the bench in a moment like this after we haven't even really mentioned him at all for weeks and put together this kind of a game and basically lead them to a win. Unbelievable performance yep. by him.
1: They do not win without him, period. I mean, Superior yeah. did more than enough defensively, in my opinion. I mean, you combined a turnover, Sagdahl and Matson. And this is the number I was looking for that I lost for a moment. Those two turned it over 11 times combined, Wyatt. I mean, you, you sped them up, and you put them in a spot where they're not comfortable. You win the turnover battle. You get a guy like Javon Walker, who has a really good day on both ends of the floor, 19 points to lead the way. My guy, Joseph Ferenholtz with 15. But then what do you get from there? That's it's kind of the question with the Jackets in this one. Your defense did more than enough. They had the blackout going on. Black unis were looking great on the floor Saturday. I was watching down the stretch. But, man, they just could not buy a bucket. And a couple of turnovers for them late was really the difference. Some big hustle plays were loose balls, 50-50. Vikings were the ones that were two at first. It wasn't always pretty. But defensively, why? Defensively, Bethany doing enough coming out on top with a huge nine-point victory on the road. I was on the Jackets, and if you told me coming in, some of these offensive numbers for Bethany, I would say, hey, I'm glad I took the Jackets, because I think they're more than capable of winning a game where they hold Madsen and Sagdahl in check. They turn them over, and they find a way to give themselves a chance. They don't even have to do anything spectacular offensively, but give Bethany credit, Wyatt. How many times have we said it? They can win in a multitude of ways. Sure, they like to score, but they can win in a game like this as well
0: yeah and that's really the question i have for you is are you more impressed with bethany now than you were you know before i mean it's one thing if they go in and score 90 like they're capable of doing and win the game that way because we've seen that from them but in a spot like this on the road holding superior to you know 65 points and winning the game scoring just in the mid 70s i mean that says a lot about this team i'm more impressed with them now than i was before And, and again I see why you thought it'd be high scoring from everything we've always seen in the past from Bethany and the fact that Superior's offense is better this year. I just had a gut feeling. That's the only reason I said it would go like this. It was just a bold prediction, and I happened to be right. So it just worked out that way. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm more impressed with Bethany now than, than I was before. That's that's 100% for sure.
1: 100% agree. We talked about it in points last month, Wyatt. We see what Northwestern did scoring 83 on them to give them their first L. We see the next weekend, yeah, it was two wins, but Morris had a big offensive performance, fell in overtime. Crown hit three balls left and right and fell in double overtime. So Bethany was still winning, but defensively they were nowhere close to where they wanted to be. Now, maybe still not perfect, but in the right direction by a long margin from where they were just a few weeks ago, heck of a defensive performance for Bethany on Saturday.
0: Yeah, big win. And like I said, Superior's still right there. They're one of the three contenders. They're one of the three teams right now I can see lifting that trophy up in a few weeks here. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things they just got to make a few more shots. And like you said, maybe get that production from somebody else when they need it the most. So certainly right there, right there in the thick of things in that picture. And a big weekend coming up for them to go improve that. Because, you know, if, if they, they got two games, Ryan, and we'll talk about it on the preview. They could easily go 2-0, and oh, but uh, also very easily could go 0-2 oh yeah. as well with, with the teams they're playing. So it's a massive swing weekend for them, depending on how those games go.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, real quick, before we move on, why? yes, they're still right in the thick of things, and this one hurt a ton because if you had any aspirations at being the one, now it's not over, but they're three yeah. games back, mm-hmm. really, because you lost both games to Bethany so in the loss column, you're only two back, but you're three back with four to go. Any thought that you had of the conference tournament running through Superior, it's basically over.
0: Yeah, no, it's down to Bethany and Northwestern. Basically, it's Northwestern has to run the table, and Bethany needs to drop a game outside of that matchup on the 17th where the two will square off. So yep. that's that's where we're at at this point. And, and you know, as much as it would have been great, I'm sure, for Superior to host it, they're, they're the kind of team... They don't have to host it to win it. You know what I mean? Nope. Like I could still yep. see them doing it going on the road. So not all is lost by any means. And, and you know, it's still been a great season. I, I think uh, Coach Polkowski would still take this in a heartbeat if you told him they were 7-3 and three at this point in early February in conference play.
1: We talk about the Northwestern, Superior, and Bethany at the top. Northwestern and Superior are both hoping that a squad like Morris could give Bethany a scare or maybe even beat them when they come into the Cougar den a little later on this season. The Cougars, speaking of, hosting North Central in a big-time matchup on Saturday after falling to Northwestern Friday night, trying to bounce back much like the Rams after a tough loss at Crown. Wyatt, we knew this one would be a good one. I was on North Central. I thought they were going to sweep the weekend for the record. They don't get a single win. It's another tough performance for Micah Filer, a guy who I said is going to solidify his case to be at the top of the line in the player of the year discussion. That doesn't even close to happen. I'm sorry. It's tough news, Rams fans, but that's the reality. I mean, you ask Micah, Coach Becker, anyone else, that's not the weekend they envision him having. I get it's a team game, I understand, but he's held in check again. Just 13 points and three of 11 from the field in this ball game. They fouled a lot down the stretch, but it was really never in doubt. Morris, 79-72 to 72 over North Central. Big-time bounce-back win for the Cougars. And before I hand it to you, Wyatt, I just have to say... My guy, Kenny Placide, 17 and 5 off the bench with a pair of swats as well. Well done, young man.
0: Yeah, your boy Kenny coming through again. Morse is a second-half team. I don't think there's any uh, surprise or secret about that at this point. 48 in this second half. They had 50 against Northwestern on Friday in the second half. They scored 60 on Northwestern in the second yeah. half the first time they played them. They, just, they they know how to get it done in the second half when they need to. And, and like you said, it's a team game, but it starts and ends with Micah Filer first and foremost for North Central, and, and he's kind of the guy – that leads the charge. So when he gets held in check like this, it's really tough for them to win games. And I mean, give the other guys credit. They stepped up. They had five guys in double figures in this contest, but it still wasn't enough. And again, a huge second half propelled Morris in this game. It's going to be interesting because of the way the standings line up now at this point with Morris at six and four North Central at five and five. You know, one of those two teams is going to end up making it one of them's not i mean there's also a chance superior northwestern could fall out of the playoffs too if things get a little haywire here in the coming weeks but if you're up at the top and you're bethany of the four teams that you see you know below you that could make the playoffs let's say who do you want to face at at this point it's it's probably not yeah you know one of the top three i would say their best that would be North Central, quite honestly, the team that's five and five. What 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 do you think? I would
1: agree, yeah. Because Morris took him to overtime. Northwestern beat him, and Superior almost beat him in the first matchup.
0: And, and the reason I bring that up is because to me, it's a pretty simple formula to beat North Central. You just got to hold Micah Filer in check. Yeah, uh, I mean, even and when that he has may be harsh games, to what people are hearing, but against the top yeah, teams, that's the reality. It is, and even when he has big games, they they've shown they're still. You know, he put up 39
1: and the Eagles survived him. So, you know, North Central fans are saying we almost had that. You did. It was a shot at the buzzer. If it went in, you would have beat him. But you're right. Even though he scored 39,
0: they didn't beat him. So, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like those people, those Ohio State fans that say, well, if Marvin Harrison wouldn't have got hurt, we would have beat Georgia. Well, you know what? He did. And it wasn't targeting either. It was a shoulder (laughs) to the helmet. It wasn't head to head. So, stop complaining. (laughs) Bottom line is north central is gonna have to really do some digging here the next couple of weeks not only to just make it but then try and survive once they do make it how how would they advance in the conference tournament right now they're not a team in my opinion that can do that because they're so heavily you know reliant on micah filer putting in a huge game to to win you know if that doesn't happen they almost have to hold teams under 70 to win games you know what which, i mean so which it's, they it's have had
1: they have had some good defensive performances at time this at times this season including i mean on friday night they did enough against crown and you just offensively especially late couldn't find a way to do what you needed to do so yeah it, it's a tough formula for them right now why and it was a much needed bounce back win for morris and yeah how far away do you think they are from the teams that are just a game above them in superior and northwestern i mean is it a large tier difference or are they you know knocking on the door of being at the same level as northwestern and superior i know the eagles beat them on friday night but they split with them and superior they still got to have the return meeting with but but how close are they to that next tier if you will
0: well they're knocking on the door the problem is they're at the wrong house they're they're over (laughs) you know to the right (laughs) and uh they they need to they went to the house with no candy the one with the lights off and there's no candy bowl so so, you know, they're close, but at the same time it's it's a little bit further maybe than than they realize, I think. I, I'm much more comfortable in Northwestern and Superior having success from making a run at the championship right now than I am with Morris. I, I just am for whatever reason that may be.
1: But still improvement from a squad that you've been fading left and right in the last year and change. Oh,
0: absolutely. I, I would never have expected them to be six and four in conference play right now, Ryan. They yeah. they have absolutely proved me wrong. It's, it's one of the best seasons they've had in a really long time. And, again, those losses, too, this is why I say they're they're still right there. They're, they're not that far away because they lose all these games that are really close. They, they don't get blown out. So they're absolutely right there, and, and they would be a tough team to face in, in the conference tournament. That's why I said they'd be a tough four, let's say, if they play Bethany. That, that'd that be a tough draw for Bethany. They'd, they'd have to bring their, their game to make sure they win that one. As, you know, in years past, we've seen a 1-4 matchup, it gets a little lopsided. I wouldn't expect that to be the case if it was uh, Morris as the four seed. They're going to compete with anybody.
1: Yeah. I would not disagree with that. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm circling that matchup where they host Bethany. That one's going to be entertaining to see what happens in that matchup that will take place this coming Saturday. Not that we're on the preview pod, though. One last matchup no, to no, recap, yes, though, Wyatt. Yes. And we're, we're saving a good one to finish up. Maybe not as many eyeballs on this contest, but we said it coming in. This is probably the best chance that Martin Luther has. Coming in at 0-9, facing off against a Northland club that beat you earlier in the season, 2-7. This was a dandy, Wyatt. I mean, like I said, maybe not as game many eyeballs weekend. on it. Yeah, you could call it the game of the weekend, absolutely. In the Kendrigan Center, this one tied up 75-all in this ball game, with just... No, it was 76 75 north. Of my apologies. With just uh 225 to go.
0: It was yeah, no, it was 74 74 with, and with then, 245 yes. left. Thank you. So I mean it was tied late.
1: Thank you. Tied with 245 to go. They get a big jump shot by Jordan Brennan to extend the lead to seventy eight seventy five with two twenty four to go, and then no one else scores the rest <laughs> yeah, of the game. So how about that?
0: It's, it's so anti <laughs> climatic, just c- considering, but it's so fitting too, almost in a way. I I don't know why, but hey, you know what? Congratulations to Northland for hanging on, getting the win, uh, one that they they needed to. We talk about you know Martin Luther. Trying to get there when this was a game Northland needed to. And yeah. I mean they've had some games this year haven't gone their way. They've stuck it out there. They're, they're uh, three and seven in conference now. Uh, good good for Coach Oranson and his squad. And uh, it's it's got to sting Martin Luther knowing how close they truly yeah. were to getting this one done. It's 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 tough. Great
1: effort though. I mean we said coming in this is the one they had to put all their chips on the table. They did that. I mean they have four guys score double figures, but. Man, your guy Seth Veers, Wyatt—that's the difference. No,
0: I'm kidding, but <laughs> if I wish we could see. I, <laughs> I, hey, I wish I could uh, see that myself. You How about know, your guy Jordan point, Brennan though? How about your guy Jordan Brennan? Oh yeah, and he hits the shot down the stretch too. Seventeen know, too. and eleven. Job well done. Well, I think I even said it was going to be Langston Flowers, Jordan Brennan. I mean, they're the two that make this team go, and they were going to have to be the guys in this game. There's no exception, and they were. They scored a combined forty-one. And uh, Brennan with the double double with eleven boards and the seventeen that he had, so good to see. And, and like I said, good win for Northland. It's uh, it, it, it's tough for Martin Luther. That's that's for sure.
1: righty, Wyatt. Let, let's uh, not belabor it any further. You have
0: some hot takes when it comes to Player of the whoa, Year in the whoa, UMAC whoa, on the men's whoa, side. What's whoa, gonna happen? Not no hot takes. I'm just no I think It's takes. a little bit. I Cold think takes? it's a little bit, little bit tighter on the men's side than it is the women's side. I yep. I think there's a couple different guys that stand out. I think Kyle Kamik is absolutely in the conversation, and he maybe wasn't as much even just entering this weekend. But with those performances, and when you look at the numbers, I, I think it's absolutely something we have to entertain. He's really turned it on as of late. He, he's the leader of that Northwestern squad, does a lot of good things. He's actually leading the conference in scoring, believe it or not. With 21.2, Micah Filer's Big swing
1: this weekend, yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Filer, by the way, he's another guy that's there. He's maybe more just a little bit on the scoring side of things when, when you think of guys that uh, can light it up. But he shoots efficiently, too. I mean, he shoots at 47%. Well, 46.7, I guess, technically. But shoots it efficiently. So, Filer's absolutely in that conversation as well. And then there's some guys maybe just behind him that I think if you look at, you could say, yeah, I can maybe make a case for... You know, this guy or, or this Sagdahl, guy. I yeah. think it's interesting. Sagdahl's maybe in there. I'd almost look at a guy like Mason Ackley and say, well, he's eighth or ninth in the conference in assists. He's fifth in rebounding. Yeah. And he's the best shooter in the conference from a field goal percentage standpoint. Yeah. So, He does everything. He's not going to get the award. I I feel pretty confident in saying that. But he shouldn't be overlooked for the kind of season he's having. So there's guys like that, too, that are in it. To me, there's two that stand out. It's Kyle and Micah, you know, from Northwestern, North Central. Those are kind of the two right now. I think Sagdahl is kind of in the mix as well. But I I don't know. I feel like Sagdahl has some games where he goes non-existent almost because of how good Bethany is, you know, and how deep and balanced they are where they don't need him to have a big game to succeed. Northwestern and North Central need those guys to play well to win Bethany. That's not necessarily the case. So I, I would say it's those two. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate as well. I just think it's wild, Wyatt. I mean, Kyle has been on a tear the last three games, including what we saw this past weekend. Think about it. Micah is just a hair behind him at 21 per game, and he had, by his standards, like a bad weekend. Like think of what his average could have been at, like in how I saw that last weekend panning out where it did not whatsoever in that direction. And he's probably going to have to have some big explosions for them to get back into a place where they get into the UMAC tournament. Now, not all hope is lost, I understand. The sky is not falling. They're just one game out of a playoff spot. But when we look down the stretch at what what he may have to do, to get them back into the playoffs. And then also for him to be in that conversation as player of the year, I think they're one and the same. So that's something interesting to follow. And like you said, Kyle, especially coming into the picture as of late, it's going to be tight. I think it's very compelling like a season ago. I mean, a season ago, we truly had three heavyweights pretty late, Wyatt. I mean, is it like last year where we had Ulm, Carroll, and and Brian Smith? Does it feel a little different this season for you?
0: No, that was a uh, fun – fun race because i feel like my opinion changed constantly down the stretch in that one as you know we i think we entered the final weekend and i still thought brian smith was potentially going to get it cade carroll yep. you know was doing his thing too and, and that's who you thought should have won it when it was all I, said and i still done. think he should have won i it, yeah. I picked Noah Ulm, and he ended up winning it. And, you know, it's kind of for the same reasons I think Lexi Hagen is the one I would give it to on the women's side. Best player on the, the best team. You, you know what I mean? And, and you still have to put up big numbers, don't get me wrong. I think Ulm's numbers were good enough. I understand Cade's may have been better. But I think that is, at the end of the day, why he got it. And I don't necessarily fault that thought process either. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. When if you, you put it that bucket, way this
1: year, though, if you put it that well, way this year, that's and, where it gets interesting because you said that guy is on a different tier than Micah and, and Kyle. If you're
0: saying Drew's the best yeah, player, though, because you can make an argument, I mean, like you said, that Mason Ackley is their most valuable player. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Well, that's what I mean. And and Bethany, again, I mean, Shrupp, scored 20 in their game against Spirit. They have so many guys that, that can do it. That's where it hurts, Sagdahl, and as good as he's been in certain spots, there are some games he, he just, you know, he's not necessarily needed quite as much because they got other guys they can rely on if teams try to take him away or if it's not his night. That's not the case for Northwestern and North Central. Certainly not for North Central. Northwestern has a little bit more, I feel like, they can go to if Kyle's not having a good game, but they still need him to be a huge factor and when it comes to North Central, I mean, like I said, it's Filer or nothing, basically. he He's the one that has to get it done. So it's interesting. I, I, I'll i I'll be interested to see how the next couple of weeks go. I think and we know I'm a ton sure. a week from now. I do, too. Because this, cause this is a huge weekend coming up.
1: K-Mink and Filer both play a really good superior defense. You can compare those ones, okay? And then Drew Sagdahl goes on the road against Morris in a massive game for Bethany where if Morris is on the mark offensively like they have been in that building – they may have to score 80, 85-plus to win the game. If they do so, do we see a big number from Sagdahl? So I think this conversation potentially becomes a lot clearer after next weekend.
0: Yeah, no. Um, it's it's one of those things, like you said, and the coaches, you know, they they watch everybody in person. I also think they take a look at the box scores in the biggest games too and take a look at what the players do in the biggest moments. And so I think that carries a lot of weight. And there's still a lot of big games for all of those guys on the schedule here in the next two weeks. So I agree. Even by the end of next weekend, we're going to know a ton and uh, might even, for all we know, have a clear cup favorite at that point. So it'll be really interesting. It absolutely will
1: be. And uh, we'll do the same thing that we did a season ago, Wyatt. We're at the end of the regular season. We won't
0: just do player of the year. We're going to predict the first team all-conference, correct? The whole squad? I'm on board for that again, and we also do Coach of the Year as well, which yep. you know it was a while ago. I can't remember if we got that correct or not either, but you know we don't we don't need. To I don't get think into we did now, last but, season. No. Yeah, hard hard to say, but <laughs> I you know I it's it's something we we'll disagreed
1: try. with that one. We I won't bring that up now, but uh, we, disagreed well, we disagreed with that. Well, we disagreed on selection.
0: Player of the Year too, and I but mean, but
1: both you, know, you and I disagreed on how the UMAC selected Coach of the Year. Not to rehash last season. Well,
0: y- yes. <laughs> Yes, let's just leave it at that, but we will absolutely do that. Like I said, we'll take a look at each team as well. I can just review the season, I think, at some point, too. And so we'll we'll do all of that once we get to the end of the year. But, hey, we're not there yet, Ryan, and that's good no. because this is a couple of the most fun weeks of the year.
1: It is, absolutely. Folks, I know it's a sprint to March for so many of you, and you're just waiting to wake up that one day where it feels like Christmas morning. And Wyatt and I are looking forward to that as well. Don't get us wrong. We're big D1 Hoops fans. But, but... If you are listening to this pod, you truly enjoy the league that is unlike any other. So embrace the February frenzy. Reach out to us, uaotheumac at gmail.com. DMs are open. Search us, unlike any
0: other, the UMAC on Twitter or at UAO, the UMAC. Yes, Wyatt? I agree. I just want to add one thing. And you said, yes, it's the February frenzy. This this applies. This is from our guy John Rothstein, and I think it's appropriate to just read this really quick. He tweeted this four hours ago. Ryan, <laughs> okay. we're about to embark on the greatest eight-week journey that exists on the calendar. Now, for us, it's a little bit shorter. The, the greatest
1: applies. three-week journey. More residency. three-week journey
0: for us. For us, it's three <laughs> weeks. But he goes on to say, and we're all in this together. All is all caps. We're all in this together. Ignore sarcasm, ignore hate, ignore jealousy, <laughs> love college basketball. That gets me fired up.
1: It does for me as well, but what's going to be tough for me, Wyatt, is ignoring the sarcasm.
0: That That's going to be a challenge for me, if I'm being that, honest. That, yeah, no, I mean, all of it's <laughs> going to be a challenge, but I, I just love and appreciate, you know, yeah. it's true, this, this these next few weeks, and, and for those that enjoy the Division One level too, the, the weeks after, but... This is a great time of the year. I love college basketball at at every level. And you get to this time of the year, nothing beats it.
1: I agree. I got to wrap this thing up soon. Otherwise, I'm going to get emotional. Like I said, you can reach out to us on the email, on Twitter. Let's uh, embrace these next couple of weeks. So well said by uh, our guy, Mr. Rothstein. We're going to get more interviews on the docket as well. We will be back later on this week to preview week seven in the UMAC. Just four to go, folks in the league that truly is unlike any other.